Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Dane Zorko here from the Brisbane Lions. Jason Johannesson from the Western Bulldogs. Luke Parker here from the Sydney Swans. It's Roy Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Maxwell and Melbourne Football Club. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hello, friends. We've got MJ from the Coaches Panel. Who are we talking about today and the 50 most relevant at number two? Well, you heard him in the intro. The Melbourne Demons skipper and the highest-priced player across all formats for 2021, Max Gorn. But can you start him? Are you brave enough to go against him or you just want to take the headache out of the way and just lock him down? We're going to talk all things Max Gorn throughout this episode. Joining me as fellow panellist, Jimmy. Hello, mate. How are you? Hello, MJ. Hello, listeners. Good to be back again. Mate, we've got you back for the... Pen- what is it? Penultimate? Penultimate? I don't know. Second. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. Shut up, MJ. <laughs> I'm working radio. I'm meant to know how to speak proper words. Hey, look, uh, this 29-year-old Melbourne Demons Ruckman had an absolute monster season last year. His top score in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team was an unadjusted 131. <laughs> absolute monster last year against uh, your boys, the eventual premiers at the Richmond Football Club. While in Supercoach, his top score for the year, a 185 against John Segler and uh, the Hawthorne Football Club. Those scores are both way miles away from his career scores. They both happened the season prior in 2019. It was a 154 against the North Melbourne Footy Club in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team. While... In Supercoach, in that same game, he reached the 200 club with a 2-1-2. He's priced at an AFL Fantasy and Dream Team average of 98.9. Again, remember, these are the shorter, squatter, the shorter quarters because of that. But he has been adjusted up in AFL Fantasy by multiplying it by 1.25 up to a career high, one would suggest, a 123.6. Certainly a career high average, though, in Supercoach. An absolute Beast of a score, a 139.8. In that format, well, he's pricey. In fact, everywhere. <laughs> You're spending a lot of your salary cap to get him. $751,400 in Supercoach, just over 940 k in AFL Fantasy, and just a touch over $910,000 in Dream Team. And Jimmy, he's expensive, but mm. gosh, he feels like he's worth every single cent, given what he's done over the past few seasons. Well, as you said, it's hard to make a case against him at this point. Um, he's, um, you know, you know what you're getting with him. He's done it for a long enough time now that it's, you know, he's as good as his 2020 numbers were. It's not like that was a one-off either. Yeah. He's um, consistently been one of the, the big guns for a, for a long while now. Um, and I can't see too many reasons why he wouldn't be again this year. I, I, I'm totally with you. And again, we'll look at some reasons for why you may choose to go against Max Gorn throughout this episode. I'll be honest. He's at number two. So so clearly I rate him pretty highly as a relevant player uh, in 2021 in your fantasy footy year. If we break down a look into his fantasy footy data of what he delivered for us last year. In Dream Team, he averaged 98.9. Like I said, that's been adjusted up in AFL Fantasy to a career high 123. But that year, it featured seven pure tons. Two of them over 120, which is just incredible when you think about those shortened quarters and the role that he plays. And he had an additional five scores between 80 and 99. Due to the shortened quarters in this format of the game, 80 was considered the ton of 2020. So in reality, 12 of his 14 games 
he scored the equivalent of a ton. If you were to remove Luke Dunstan's one game average of 100, which to be fair, you should be doing, then he's the clear (laughs) top-ranked player by average across Dream Team and AFL Fantasy last year. In Supercoach, even better. He averaged a career-high 139.9, just ever so close of joining that 140 club. He scored 12 tons from 14 games. 11 of these tons were 120 or above, and seven of them were over 150. Only two games he did not ton up. One of them was a 93. The other was an 87. If your worst game of the year is 87, man, you're doing something pretty spectacular as a fantasy footy player. He's the clear number one average player from last year. He's one of only two guys that averaged over 125 last year. In fact, he's 17 points per game ahead of the third average player last year in Jack Steele. Like, he's just that good. And I mentioned, Jimmy, that he missed three games last year. And we'll talk about the injury stuff maybe as we go along. Hmm. But he's still missing three games, ranked ninth for total points in all of Supercoach. He was about 40 points behind Petrarca, about 20 points behind Bontempelli. They played every game and are clearly inside the top 10. And he outperformed Patrick Dangerfield and Tom Mitchell, who were staples in our Supercoach side last year. He was just a beast. That's a fair resume he's put together, isn't it? It's not bad at all. It's, um, it's and, as and as you said, that means he's he's coming with a, a pretty high price tag, and um, and that I think is the only reason that coaches might not be thinking maybe, maybe I'll bet against him for the first half of the season. And that's an interesting perspective, isn't it? You look at you know that no one's going to challenge or question that Max Gorn is one of the elite rucks in the game he clearly is some might have question marks and and we've talked about this in the Brody Grundy episode some might have question marks about whether he can get back to being a top two ruck some might believe a Riley O'Brien could earn his way into that top two territory I haven't heard or seen a compelling argument yet outside of injury to suggest that Max is going to drop outside of the top two the the others I've heard it but for Max, I, I haven't heard that argument just yet. But the argument to maybe pursue him as a starting squad option, as opposed to an upgrade target, which you alluded to there, Jimmy, it is open for discussion. Last year in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, he ended the year um, sixth highest averaging player across all lines, um, clear top two ruck, an average of 111 in Dream Team and Fantasy, 16 tons, and nine of them were 120 or above. Uh, while in Supercoach that same year, 2019, second highest averaging player, ranked fifth for total points, 18 tons, 13 of them over 120, and four over 150. That included that career-high 212 against North Melbourne. But if you look at the two years prior to this year, and again, it was an interesting year for us, and we did see some unique weighting of points in Supercoach. His averages over the two seasons prior are 127.5, a 128.3 in Supercoach. So he's jumped up about 12 to 13 points per game there in terms of what he delivered this year. And it's a 111.3, a 111.2 in Dream Team and Fantasy, while an adjusted average up at 123. So he's kind of at a price point where he's 12 to 13 points ahead of what the two seasons of data he's previously shown. 
Is that just the evolution and growth and the dominance of Max Gorn? Or are we, I hate saying the term, are we overpaying for him in our starting squad? Yeah, and I guess that's the question you've got to ask. But as with um, a lot of investments, if you're overpaying isn't so relevant if you plan to keep him and not sell him. So yeah. if you're getting him in, you know what you're getting. It's a solid return. You're all good to go. And it's easy enough to, to throw all these stats out there and talk all these numbers. But ultimately, I think what it comes down to is we know Max Gorn is pretty good at footy. Yeah. Um, he's not bad at accruing some fantasy or some dream, um, super coach points either. So really, all you've got to look at is in terms of your strategy this year, are you going to set and forget? Um, and the junior assistant coach here has opinions. That's okay, mate. Um, yes. Are you going to set and forget? And if so, is he one of them? Are you going to speculative rocks? Um, you know, like a, a Proust and a Marshall or something a bit interesting like that? Or are you going for a, um, you know, one one of the big guns and one of the others and then looking to get um, the other big guy later once you know for sure who that's going to be? I think it's pretty safe to say, all else being equal, um, famous last words, that Max will be up there or thereabouts again this year. Whether he's at that same level of last year or not, I think is irrelevant, because if you're picking him, you're picking him for the season. Yeah, and um, again, you've you found a way to, to build him into your pricing already, haven't you? And, and that's the exactly. thing. We talked about it with, um, with Kane on, on the Lockie Neal podcast, and especially more from a super coach perspective, that yes, it's a, it, it is a clear jump in scoring. But yeah. even if they regress back to mm-hmm. what they'd done the year or the two years prior in Neil, in um, his case, and again, clearly your little one uh, yeah. wants people to pick Max Gorn. Even the thought That's of it. anything. He's not other. liking these arguments against He's him. He's not liking no. these arguments against Don't worry, little Jimmy. We'll, we'll, we'll work it. our way through it in a second. But <laughs> That's it. Dad, pick Gorn. Shut yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's right. It. Get on with the episode, Dad. But but I suppose you go, even if he does regress back, and it is, and then you would arguably be overpaying. In terms mm-hmm. of salary cap. But he's still clear in, in that case, top one, top two in the line, clear top five player across the format at worst. Yeah. And you don't have the headache of going, how do I fit him into my side and, and upgrade him? Because what you do want with these big end premiums, you want them in your team for as long as you can in the season. And if you went against Max Gorn at any point in time last year, with the exception of round one, it was a mm. painful year. That's it. And if you don't start him um, and that price does sustain, yeah, finding the money to bring him in is potentially going to be a little tricky as well. It's like um, you know, back in the day, if you didn't start with Dane Swan, how the hell were you going to get him mid-season? It True. was almost impossible some years. and. Um, you know, and, and Gorn is potentially not far off that level now as a comparison. I, I think that's a really interesting point. Like, let's look into some of the 2019 data. We talk about this because at his price point, let's call it a 140 and a 123, you know, in, in terms of super coach and dream team and fantasy. He needs to outperform him or at least hold to, to really retain, you know, no real mm. salary drop. So you need him to underperform early to get him and you need to have the cash spare to be able to get him at that lowest point. But even just look at the way he, he started last season in 2019, there's not much of a drop away because in round 
one sixty eight one thirteen one oh seven one twenty five ninety seven one twelve one twenty one in dream team and fantasy and then pretty much from that point on his lowest score oh. is ninety and there's a lot of one twenties and one forties. Equally in Supercoach in twenty nineteen, started the year eighty seven. And then you've got to go all the way to an injury impacted game in round fifteen against Brisbane, um oh. where his lowest score there before that was a 109 and there's a bunch of 140 so even if you think you can get him cheaper to yeah. get up to that 900,000 marker at round 5 or 6 I, I don't know how people are going to generate that amount of cash without some injuries maybe impacting and opening up that opportunity that's it you, you, you almost need him to bank three trades to be able to get him down the track so yeah. that's um, yeah. yeah exactly and let's hope he does not get injured correct yeah. So it's um, yeah, it, it's an interesting sort of scenario. And so, look, at, I wouldn't be talking to anyone saying, yeah, he is an absolute must-have for sure. round one, um, because there are other viable options for that R one spot. Um, the question is just about, yeah, if you don't have him, how are you getting him, and when are you getting him? Um, assuming that he performs at or around a similar level than he has for the last couple of years, so. That's a, an easy thing. And some, you, know, you look to it, where Melbourne are at at the moment, um, they don't have Proust to come in and annoy him for, for a spot anymore. Mm. Uh, Luke Jackson is not capable of running number one ruck on his own for quite some time yet. Yep. Um, and with Melbourne's forward woes, I dare say they're going to need him up there more than in the ruck at this point anyway. So a fit Max is going to play 22 games um, and he's going to score pretty well for them. Um, and so, yeah, the question is, do you start him or do you get him later? I, th- I think that's the point, isn't it? Like, the, the case for not considering him at all through the year. Again, if someone said, I'm going to target his upgrade, cool, okay, that, that that's fine. I kind of, I get that line of argument. Like, you know, it's bold, um, and I get that. I've got no problem with that. And if someone said, I'm starting Grundy over him, or I'm starting O'Brien over him at R1, okay, I, I get that. Like, I'm not going to talk anybody out of that as a viable option because it could come down to cash. It could come down to the combinations of, well, I'm choosing Riley O'Brien over Gorn because that additional hundred odd thousand or so I need, that's what takes me from getting a Rory Sloan type to a Josh Kelly. And so while I think Sloan might be the one, what do you do with that extra money? You've got to use it well. Yeah. That's the key. Because if you don't, then you're in trouble. So I've got no problem with someone saying I'm going against him in a starting squad. No problem at all. Because I feel the case to say he won't hold as a top two ruck. I can't make that outside of injuries. He has missed four games over the past three seasons. He missed three games through injury this year. Kind of missed half a game um, the year prior um, in uh, 2019, as well as another full game after the back of that then was an injury-free season in um, 2018. So I, I don't think you could build a case that he's injury-prone. I think that's that's a little bit too much. So just remember, he came off barely a preseason last year, like barely a preseason, and yet was still this good um, for us last year. Probably the COVID break helped him um, uh, along the way. But look, as far as I'm concerned, you're going to want Max Gorn in your completed side. Whether you're brave enough to go against him at the start, Awesome. Just make sure you maximise that cash with whoever else you've got at R1. For me, and I don't know about you, Jimmy, I feel like in Supercoach, even though he's, you know, feels like a quarter of my salary cap, I feel like more than anybody else, I just need to start him. 
Because if he gets away from me and gets on a run of 150s, I, I don't see how I get him. More than any other player in, in Supercoach, almost. Because he's not at number one. Almost. I think I, I have to start with him. In fantasy, I actually don't think you have to start him. I, I think there's enough value in O'Brien. I think you could build a case for value in Grundy. I think you could look at a DPP of Marshall. Um, you know, Let alone a Pruce if he's fit and firing with some injury news of him out in the past kind of 24 hours. Um, oh, I don't think you have to have him there, but I do think you'd probably want him. Um, and, and Dream Team's the same. Um, I, I think Supercoach is the one you don't want to go against him for very, very long um, of all the formats. <laughs> yeah, I, I tend to agree. And, and I'm an unashamed Max fan, so yeah, I'm not sure if uh, you're looking for someone to come in and stomp all over him this week. No, but, uh, it's pretty no, I'm here and I'm saying, no, I'm picking him. I'd be picking him in. Oh, oh no, I've got the one here. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I'd be picking him in all formats. Um, and in a draft, he's my number one pick if I've got pick one. you got pick one, that's even... Yeah, I, I, I can yeah. see in a draft. Uh, I agree with you, Jimmy. I think if, if he doesn't go number one in a draft, he's going to pick two. And if for some lucky reason you find yourself with a third overall pick and Gorn is still sitting on the board, Christmas has come and you've won the draft at pick three. Like, it, you, you could pick Shy Bolton in the second round... And you still won the draft. That's no slide on shy. He's just not a second round draft pick. You've won the draft if you get Gorn at pick three. I think he's clearly, yeah. If I got pick one in a draft, I'm picking Gorn in all formats, by the way. Yeah, no, I agree completely. That's um, that's a very happy scenario. All right. Well, there you go. That is our thoughts. Uh, Jimmy, you need to go back to being a parent and everyone that's got a young child that's been listening to this episode has been like double checking themselves and their own child. So thank you for helping us all through this episode, mate. Uh, happy to help, mate. Sorry about the noise, but um, yeah, this one needs a nap, I think. And, uh, are you talking about yourself or are you talking about yeah. your child? Yeah, no, that's him. That's okay, <laughs> fair enough, too. Well, if you want to go read the article on Max, it is online now for you at coachespanel.tv. All the other 49 other players, including him, they are revealed so far in the 50 most relevant. There is a heap of podcasts to get through as well. Make sure if you're just getting into preseason, go back through. There is hours upon hours to listen through and to check out. And if you're loving what you've got from the coaches panel in the preseason, we'd so love you to join our Patreon supporter group. Not only is that your way of financially thanking and supporting the coaches panel to do what we as a whole team do. Um, it's not just me, even though you hear me a lot on the podcast series, a bunch of guys that behind the scenes doing a power of work across social media, the podcast, the articles, there is a ton of stuff still to come in the next month before the preseason gets underway into round one. And if you'd love to get some exclusive content, uh, some team reveals, some group chats, a bunch of other stuff. And you can find out who's number one. Let's be honest, we all know who it is at this point in time. Um, but if you'd like to hear the episode early, you can jump on, join our Patreon supporter group. All the links for that are at coachespanel.tv. All right, we're here. The number one player in the 50 most relevant. You know who he is by now. There's no surprises. But why? That's the question. Why is he at number one for me in 2021? I'll tell you tomorrow as we wrap up the 50 most relevant for a whole new season.